five years down the road, um, you're going through a rough patch. You're um, you're at, you're back home. You're in the hamlet. In the McLean Hamlet. Yeah, Burnham Wood Drive. You're on Burnham Wood Drive, right by Dunstan Court. And some trips home are like good and nourishing for your soul in a way, you know? Like sometimes I go home and I'm like, oh man, it was like really good to go back and see these people and like reconnect. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Sometimes it's a little more tedious. Right. Yeah, I've I've had both experiences, but such is life. This one in particular is not not fun. Um, No. So five years from now, you're going through a divorce. What? Yeah. Who's that married to? Uh, about a year from now, you meet a girl named Megan Cornerstone. Megan Cornerstone. <laughs> yeah. What's her deal? Uh, she uh, works for a nonprofit called uh, Guns for Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just what it sounds like? No, so it's like it's she works for this nonprofit that's like, look, like it's in the Constitution. We live in Texas. Kids are going to have access to guns. Let's like let this be a point of outreach to like show them. It's a gun safety course or something. Yeah, it's a gun safety nonprofit, but it's it's aimed aimed at kids. Like literal, you know, and it's a nonprofit. It's, it's a not non-profit. like a lobby. It's not like a lobbying group or no. They they put on like, um, they'll go to like, like local like sports stores or like gun stores or gun ranges, and they're like, number one, they they give literature to all these parents about gun safety and like how to lock them up. Uh, they have, they offer discounted like safety equipment, like gun locks and things like that. They get breaks through some manufacturers from their nonprofit status. Um, and then they, they say, you know, here's kids. If, if this is something you're serious about and they kind of go through like firearm training, but it's like, kind of like, Hey, be just, just be fucking careful. Guns for kids. Number Are they four. Teach- KIDZ. Wait, no- <laughs> Are they teaching them like safety stuff or they teach them how to to shoot like and how to aim a gun? Like it's definitely they teach them how to use how to like properly use a gun. All right. I guess. I don't know. I. I, All right. Cool. But she uh, I feel like I feel like that is probably what drove a wedge between us. You know, it, it was something that like you like weren't happy about. You know what I mean? I'm for responsible gun ownership, but they're kids. Yeah. Well, that was the thing is the kids, you know, and everything else. Yeah, was, That's the thing. It, that's that's the I'm whole saying. thing. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. So, sorry. I'm agreeing with you here, but everything else was great. Everything what else she, was great. What did she look like? She was, uh, five foot three and a half. She had jet black hair, kept it pulled back a lot of the time. Soft pale skin, flush, rosy cheeks, yeah, piercing, green eyes. <laughs> yeah, piercing. The first time you looked into her eyes, <laughs> yeah, you had this vision of like your homeland, like in Ireland. 
you know of My like homeland yeah yeah like where your family's from i'm from virginia no but like your your ancestral homeland sure okay you know? all right so Good you Lord. you have like this vision of like standing on these cliffs you know just mist sure. blows across your face <laughs> and you see these rolling fields of green and you just think i'm oh home my oh my god um, That's what happens the first time she looks at me. The first time I you guys ha- lock eyes. I hallucinate that I'm in Ireland on a misty cliff. Okay. And that field, that grass is the exact same <laughs> no. color of her eyes. Oh, no. All right. Okay. What's <laughs> so you guys, uh, you know, it was a pretty quick courtship. You guys met um, at a karaoke bar. You were doing uh, um, Big Yellow Taxi, you know? <laughs> Why would I do that song? I don't know. It just something struck you. You're like, I want to do Big Yellow Taxi. But there, was no, there wasn't anybody else to do it with you, so it was just you doing like, you know, it's kind of like by yourself. All right. Getting really into it, you know? You're doing Big Yellow Taxi. She's watching you, right? It's biting her fucking lip. You know what I mean? Ew. You've got a shirt. It's unbuttoned. You're rubbing your uh, erect nipples. What? And the energy in the room is palpable. You walk off uh, to uh, applause. She meets you at the bar. Immediately just like grabs your hog. <laughs> and is like, that moved me. Let's get I out of would... here. And you guys, you guys leave. Uh, you marry about six months later. Wow. It's pretty, it was a pretty quick courtship. Why? Um, it, because it just felt so right. Is our first dance yeah, the, the, the Yellow Taxi song? Uh, Pave paradise, put up a parking lot. Yeah, and uh, you know how there's that part where there's like ooh la la la, and then there's like that other vocal line that's like la 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 la. You know that that part? That's that song. I when when that that part happens on your first dance, like the bride side does one of those lines and the groom side does the other. Oh God! (laughs) Anybody who doesn't do it, he gets kicked the fuck out. And this is pre-food, dude. So you know what I mean. Wait, we were hold on. So we were we had our first dance before before the food was served. Yep. That is that seems very weird and rude, almost rude. You were like, "Hey, this is casual. Let's just get this out of the way." You know what I mean? Big yellow taxi comes on. Everybody does it, you know, except for a couple people, and they were asked to leave. So you guys get married almost five years you know five years and like it was really good but the guns for kids thing just you you couldn't do it you it's got, a bit much it's you, uh, there's yeah i don't know i i get it's a sensitive issue for a lot of people but i well especially I, you know in, in the climate that we're in you know yeah i just wasn't raised with guns and yeah. i feel uncomfortable around them and the fact that we're training kids how to use 
I don't know. Maybe it's a good, maybe, I don't know. I don't even know if it's a good thing. Well, maybe it is. You know, a lot of people were like, hey, th- this is, we're, we're teaching kids that guns are, you know, what they are. We're being very honest with them. It's like, that's how you like teach children about sex. You're just like honest about it, you know? I guess, sure. I don't know. So they, um, like, they're like really pitching hard that this, this program is having an effect, especially in like more rural areas. And to be honest with you, it probably is. And then, uh, yeah, about four years from now, so about a year before where we're ultimately starting. Okay, sure. Pre-divorce. Pre-divorce. About a year before the divorce, um, there's a boy. There's a boy uh, soldier who goes on a killing spree. Oh he, God, he's like Aaron. he's like 11 years old. And uh, he was trained by the people at Guns for Kids, you know. This is so sick. So he, he like you know uses this knowledge and you know commits violent acts. And you're like, hey, this is it. This is why you don't do exactly. Right. You're like this. I can't. They're like, you're like I can't be a part of this at all anymore. It's like it's, it's just it's just too much. It's too exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's she, just it's just too lot. much. And she's like, look, like this is my career and like we're making a real difference and you know, things are going to happen from time to time. Bad things happen in the world, Pat. And you guys just like it's just the thing that broke it all. You know? I would ask her to make love one more time and then I would leave. She goes, "No." Oh. Well, all right. She's like, Pat, I'm <laughs> never mind. So you ask uh, if we can have make love one more time. She <laughs> quickly and swiftly rejects you and then you leave. So <laughs> I you, guess. I, yeah, so right. you, you go back home. Needless to say, it's been like a, a pretty tough time. Right. <laughs> it fucking seems like it. Yeah. So you go home. You're home for like a week. You spend most of that time in your childhood bedroom, you know, uh, you're just there. When you walk up the stairs, it's the first one on the right. It's actually the only one on the right. And you, you, I, you yeah. used to walk up the stairs singing that Creedence Clearwater Revival song when you're like, <laughs> there's a bad moon on the right. Because you, when you when you turn the corner, like the time it took you to like walk up the stairs was like just enough to say that line and then turn the corner. And on the right occasion, you could look from the hallway through your bedroom out and just see the full moon in your window. All right. So, uh, you know, you would sing that song. So you spend like basically like a week in bed, you know, just being sad, obviously. Just like thinking, like, what am I going to do from here? Where am I going to go from here? What is, uh, I'm curious about something. What are my parents' reactions to this? They're, they're like kind of shocked, you know? Yeah. Did they see this coming? Did they like her? Yeah. Yeah. They they adored her. Everything about it was great. They adored her. So what, what are they thinking when I'm just, I come home and they're like, Pat, just like this sad sack of shit. They're like, just take your time. Take your time. We're here for you. Whatever you need, you just take your time. It's going to be okay. That sounds like something. Yeah, that that makes sense. So you're just like spending a lot of time alone, you know, and uh, you, you're back home for a week. You crack the window open and you're like, you know what? Probably would do me some good, you know, to 
probably would do me some good to, to get out, you know? Sure. Like, like go into town or go yeah, just for to a like walk go, or... go for just like going for like a walk <laughs> and like, you know, seeing just like getting out and getting some fresh air. Well, I know exactly what I would do. Uh, I put on headphones, I put on some music and I walk. Uh, there is, <clears throat> excuse me. There is uh, some woods by uh, my parents' home. Yeah. And uh, every time I go home, I walk through them and I would just walk. I'd walk through there. We had a lot of fun in those woods growing up. We had a one time we had a, a we had made this like a structure out of uh, like, uh, I guess, like like uh, wood or whatever. Yeah. And uh, people would we'd go there to like drink and shit. We were 14. And then like uh, my, my friend Sarah got too drunk and like we had to call our parents and man, everyone got in so much trouble. <laughs> and the parents destroyed our structure. Of course they did. And you think about but that I, every time you think about those woods. But I wasn't there. I didn't get in trouble that day. But you went back and you saw just like the remnants of it laying yeah, on the exa- ground. I, I know exactly where it was. Yeah. And you <laughs> so went, you know what? I probably walked past there. <laughs> so you, you walk up to it and you, you just kind of remember that moment, just seeing like the structure laying there on the ground. Yeah. And how that kind of symbolized like the, the death of, of that period of your life. A tear rolls down your cheek. I knew a kid who tried to uh, grow pot uh in those woods and it just did not work at all sure his name was brett you've had a lot of good memories in those woods so you <laughs> put on woods fucking rule <laughs> so you put on some headphones right you get dressed it's kind of later in the evening probably like eight o'clock or so you know yes like it's definitely dark street lights are on and you're just kind of like walking by these woods right and like the woods, like it, it's been a few years since you've been back, and the woods look a little bit different. Where your uh, where your structure was, there's just like a there's a building there, kind of like right at the edge of the woods. It's a it's a place called the the clubhouse bar. What? Yeah, they built a bar right on the edge of the woods. <laughs> Hold on. In the, so in the middle of this residential neighborhood, yep. there is a bar. Yep. The clubhouse bar. That fucking rules, dude. Yeah. I mean, they got like pool tables. They got like, you know, Oh, I will. Dude, I can ride my bike to this shit. You can, you can almost, I mean, you like, you're taking a walk there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's like a eight minute walk. That yeah. dude, that's kind of tight. So you, uh, um, I, I was, I was all set to get mad at whatever you're about to say. Because I thought it was like, oh, something dumb is in the woods. They knocked down a bunch of trees for nothing. But they knocked down those trees for something great. This fucking rules. I walk in. They got a little pizza stone in there, you know? Oh, my God. And it's like it's like a thing that's like, it's its own little business where anybody can come and go. But it's pretty much like it was, it was agreed upon and partially financed by and pretty much staffed exclusively by residents of the hamlet. You know, they've got like a big yard area. They've got like a little axe throwing thing. They got horseshoes. They got oh you my know, God. all the cornhole, all that shit. Volleyball. So, hold on. so it's it's staffed. The people who like work there, they all work and they all live in the McLean Hamlet. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> okay. Do so, I recognize anyone? Well, so you, you walk in and the mo- it's kind of like, it's not like a honky tonk, but it's like. A lounge, you know, like a country lounge. 
You <laughs> know what I mean? A country lounge. Kind of a country lounge. That's not the part of I I didn't grow up in that part of Virginia. It doesn't like, that's it, not that's, that's what the that's what the people agreed upon. All right. Because other people in the Hamlet, if you ever thought about somebody other than your fucking self, other people <laughs> did grow up in that part. And there was a big contingent of people in the Hamlet who were like, I just want to. I don't think they did. They're like, look, look, there's, there's, they're all, they're all like, there's a bar in my hometown and this is kind of what it's like. And they're like, yeah, let's, let's bring that here. So it's kind of like a country lounge, right? (laughs) That's so weird, but okay. There's like some soft lighting, you know? (laughs) Yeah. There's a long, like brass top bar, you know? Oh, cool. You sit down in a stool. Bartender comes over to you. He goes, uh, "What do we, What do you have?" Um, hello. Uh, I'd love a PBR and a shot of Jameson, please. He goes right away. He gives you the PBR, go-to, dude. He goes, "That's our That's our five dollars special for Hamlet members." Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, here's eight bucks, my friend. He, uh, he kind of like winks at you. They're not in it to like make money on the people who live at the Hamlet. You know what I mean? I wink. I wink right back. He uh, brings it to you, puts a shot down. You grab this fucking ice cold PBR. You put it to your lips. It's great. What is the name of this bar? The Clubhouse Bar. The Clubhouse. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Sorry. I, I forgot. But other than that, it's just like you and there's like one other guy at the bar. There's a jukebox in the corner. What kind of stuff is on the jukebox? A lot of like country music. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's playing uh, Neon Moon from Brooks and Dunn right now. Yeah. You know, you know that one? Do the, um, I'm not familiar with that one, no. Okay. Do, do they have that song, Skip a Rope? You look for it. Yes, they've got it on there. Skip a Rope. Did you put a dollar in? Would you play it? Skip a rope. Absolutely, I play it. I play Skip a Rope. Uh, well, I guess before I play Skip a Rope, well, no, I play it, and then I immediately try to find the next song. I want to do two songs in a row. Sure. All right. I know it's not, I know it's not technically country, but do they have Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen? No. Damn. All right. Um... Do they have Merle Haggard? Yeah. All right. I play that song, Wine. So you play you play some Merle Haggard. Wine, take me away. Play, skip a rope. Hell yeah. You, it's queued up. It's in the queue, you know? Okay. They have, uh, they have like a little, they have like a little um, clipboard there that says Hamlet resident. Got a suggestion? And like a little sheet with a pencil. So you could like write something in there. I would absolutely write down. Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen. How could you be a bar like this and not have that album? I don't know. Don't ask. I didn't fucking build it. You know what I mean? I, I know. I'm, I'm just it. thinking out loud. I guess. Okay. This rules. I think this is a great thing. So you. Uh, you so what? They don't have that album. They you, have. A, they have other stuff. Who cares? You pump a dollar in the jukebox. You get two nice. songs. You uh, sit down at the bar. You kind of like. You sit there, you got that shot of Jameson in front of you, sipping on this PBR. You look down and like the guy the at the bar, like you kind of he he looks familiar. Like he looks like a guy from your past. Except just like older, you know, it's like a guy that you probably clearly haven't seen in 20 years. 
He's okay. wearing he's wearing like a a gray leisure suit. He's got um he's got a pinky ring on. All right. He's got like uh silver hair. He's an older guy. Probably. Do I remember? Do I remember his name? Well, you're, you're kind of like taking him in. You're, you're just trying to place because he definitely looks like somebody you remember, but older, you know. Uh, and then, and then it clicks. That's a substitute teacher that you had all throughout school. Oh wow! And I mean, he's got to be in his, gosh, late seventies, early eighties at this point. And uh, you, yeah, you're like trying to place his name, and he kind of like looks at you. And he sees you looking at him, and he goes, "Where'd you go to school?" Uh, I went to Spring Hill School, elementary. He kind of stands went... up. He takes a couple of steps towards you. Oh, he's like, he's, he's like got a drink in his hand. He's just holding a drink. He's like listening. Okay. He's listening to you. Okay, so not not in like a threat. No, 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 no. He's just like sure. getting okay. closer to make conversation. So I go, uh, I go. I move a little closer too, actually, just yeah. so he feels comfortable. Yeah. I go. I got. To, I went to Spring Hill Elementary. Uh, I went to Cooper Middle School. Uh, I went to the Heights, which was in Maryland, and then I went to Langley High School. He kind of like points. You're a finger. my substitute teacher. He goes, uh, "Which one are you? You're one of the Dean boys." Yeah, Pat Dean. He goes, Pat, okay. Yeah, you, your brother. Kevin. You're, you're the older one, right? Yeah. He goes, it's, and you you get it right away. His name I was, his name was Doc, everybody called him Dr. Dodge. Dr. Dodge? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Why? It's, um, this is what you guys called him, you know? Okay. Everybody was like Dr. Dodge and he would like finger gun, you know what I mean? That's his real name or <laughs> No, no. His real What's name his... his real name is Dr. Dodge Caravan. <laughs> um Hold on, Dodge is his first name? Yeah. Yeah. When the Dodge Caravan hit the market, it changed this guy's life. Oh my god. Oh, wait, hold on. He was named that before the thing. He wasn't named yeah. after the, the car. No, no, his first It's a complete coincidence. His first name is Dodge. His last name what? is Caravan. No, there's no one on this planet named Dodge, Aaron. I'm just telling you what happened. Okay. Dr. Dodge was in academia. Oh right? my god. He was he was a professor at Brown. And then was when, he? when the Dodge Caravan came out, <laughs> he just he saw them everywhere. You know what I mean? And sure. people, people were like really ribbing him and giving him a hard time. Uh, one guy for Halloween, like dressed up like a van. And he's like, hey, I'm Dr. Dodge. And uh, he like, it just, it pretty much ruined his life. So he like left academia. He was writing a, he was writing a book and just like scrapped that. Um, and he just like moved back to McLean and just started like subbing. And of course, like the school was thrilled to have him, you know, because gosh, the guy had like a sterling academic reputation, but he was just, he was like a really good substitute. He like, uh, he was a lot of fun to have around. He was like no bullshit, but he was still like, so there were some days where you're like, man, I feel like I need to know stuff or like he, it was never too much, but it was always just enough, you know? (laughs) 
He always wore leisure suits. <laughs> no, right? I have no idea what that means. He always wore okay. leisure suits every single day. <laughs> Different colors, you know. And I, I like this guy. He was everybody liked this guy. That's cool. He I was, guess I would. I guess I would. Uh, I would sit down and I would just talk to him and I'd go, you know, when I when I was a kid, I always wondered so much about you, and uh, kind of how you you kept popping up. Yeah, so he kind of like goes through what happened, and I order know, us another round. I think he's drinking a, a blackberry schnapps. That's weird. All right, I order that, and I get myself. Um, <laughs> I'm probably still working on the beer, so I just get myself another Jameson. Bartender comes over. Blackberry schnapps. He's uh, he's just he's just <laughs> sipping on it. The drink I've never seen in my life. I don't know anywhere else that has it. That's how cool the clubhouse, clubhouses. the clubhouses. Yeah, that's not cool at all. So, well, there's they have a schnapps machine. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, what a lo- a local distributor back home has has invented a thing called the schnapps machine for all your sweet liquor needs, <laughs> and it's just like a big like schnapps dispenser. You know, where you just like uh, hit a button and it squirts you out some. So they, they got a load of schnapps. All right. You know, what is like the inside of this bar look like, by the way? Is it like dark? Said, it's, like a, it's like a country lounge. It's kind of dimly lit. All right. A country lounge that has blueberry schnapps. All right. Fuck it. I, I get I get us around and I I toast. We, we I asked him if he wants to make a toast. He uh, he kind of like raises his his glass and he goes. To Beverly. Okay. He turns to you, tears in his eyes. He goes, 53 years. She passed yesterday. Oh, my God. Man, I'm really... Okay, well, I, I, che- I, I cheers to that. He takes a sip off of his schnapps. I, I, I take my shot, and I go, man, I'm really sorry to hear that. He goes, you know, I was, I was so lucky to have the love of a lifetime. Wow. Because sometimes you know, you meet somebody and yeah, they have their, their flaws. Yeah. They have their, you know, their, their sticking points. Nobody's perfect. He goes, but if Beverly taught me anything, it's that those imperfections that make a person give you an opportunity to become a better person yourself. You look up on the TV that they're playing. Uh, there's a report on CNN that shows guns for kids getting dismantled. Oh wow! They're you like know they're, what? they're they're shutting down the nonprofit, and like you see your ex on TV, and she's like, "We did like a lot of really good work here, um, but it got out of control, and you know we're incredibly sorry for everything that happened." She was I, I've been working behind the scenes to to like get this thing shut down for years and what? couldn't tell anybody she kind of like looks into the camera she goes I, i'm just I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to get this to get this thing shut down i i kind of like elbow him uh-huh. and i go and i go want to know someone funny that's my fucking ex-wife and he looks at her he goes she's a beautiful lady she is i never thought i have an ex-wife kind of bums me out he asks he asks like why 
you know? I go, because she was running this fucking thing that promoted gun use among children. And now, which, and he, he, he says, it's over now. They just yeah. shut it down. Oh, I should call her. You say that, and he kind of tilts the schnapps, and he goes, true love doesn't come around very often. If I've taught you anything over the years, learn this. What the hell? True love doesn't come around very often. All he right. sips on that schnapps. You walk outside. Yeah. Onto the, onto the deck. That bad moon on the right, you can see it from their deck. You think about that song to yourself? Wait, and you, does the mo- you, you imagine the, the way that the moon looks through your window right now? Yeah. You pull your cell phone out. Do you call your ex-wife? Immediately. It rings twice. She says, hello? Hey, I, I just I was just watching the news, and, and I saw you on it. Man, was, well, what, a, what a crazy thing. She goes, yeah, it's crazy. She goes, I, I wish I could have told you more about what was going on. But there was so much I couldn't say, and it was just really bad timing, unfortunately. And she was, but you know, we were able to sort of take it down from the inside, and I think uh, everybody's better off because of it. She goes, "Look, I never, I blame myself for everything, and you know, for not putting you first. She goes, "You, you deserved a lot better than that." Oh man, what would you say to her? I go, hey, uh, my life is falling apart without you. I am in my bed all day and in my parents' house. I'm, in, I'm at a bar getting drunk with my ex-substitute teacher in the middle of what? In the middle of the forest. Like, this isn't good. And the only reason we didn't work out is, is because of this whole gun for kids thing, which apparently you were trying to take down the whole time. She's like, what are you? What are you saying, Pat? I'm sorry. I've been drinking a little bit. I want. Will Will you take? I love you. As you take bef- me back before I love you comes out of your mouth. You're like, I love you. Feel the mass-produced plastic grill of a 1993 Dodge Caravan against the small of your back. What? Dr. Dodge Caravan uh, has had several shots of schnapps and he gets behind the wheel and he like fucking goes to like, he he goes, as you're about to like make your plea to the love of your life, as you guys are about to like reconnect and she's going to take you back, he accidentally puts the car in drive instead of reverse to back out and just barrels straight through and he (laughs) runs you over. My fucking wife. (laughs) He runs you over. He runs you over. And uh, you're, <laughs> he hits you with such force that your head comes down your eyeball first on a uh, a horseshoe, the, the horseshoe stake. You know what I mean? What? <laughs> what? He hits you and you come down. You land <laughs> like in a like a Friday the 13th movie, like your eyeball on a horseshoe stake in the pit. Oh, okay. And yeah, it just oh, goes great. through your skull. All right. Great. <laughs> you know? I don't appreciate you fucking with me with my with my marriage. You used my marriage to ruin my life. You guys were you guys were ex exes. I know. Well, you weren't married. Well, you sacrificed it. No, Pat. You when this all started, you weren't married. All I know is that you were two single sucked. people. 
I hate what Dr. Dr. Dodge Caravan. I hate Dr. Dodge Caravan. The last thing <laughs> before you die, yeah, you just taking one final gasp, and the only part of your brain that still is like intact and functioning is uh, like where where smells come from, and you just smell the softest wisp of blackberry schnapps. <laughs> Fuck that! And then you fucking die. That sucks so bad. <laughs> never gets any easier no